is an owner of a small independent bookstore, you know, you do everything <laughs> along with everyone else. I think um, one of the things we're happiest about here is we try to um, make sure everyone knows how to do everything because that's kind of what you need. That's the skill set you need at a, well, any independent retail, I'm sure, but a bookstore in particular. You know, we try to rely on people's strengths for sure, but also to make sure everyone is, um, you know, able to just uh, roll with what comes along. Rolling with what comes along is what people like Brian Lampkin have been doing for long before 2020 came into view. He's one of the owners of Scuppernong Books in downtown Greensboro. If you know Greensboro, you probably know this place. And yes, 2020 has knocked a lot of businesses down, at least a few pegs. But before this year, brick-and-mortar locally-owned bookstores have been fighting uphill battles for years. And if you're familiar with Scuppernog, you know that this place is a community fixture. It's one of our favorite places to go anytime we're in Greensboro, usually one of the first. And I've been wanting to talk with someone there for a while, and luckily, Brian here took a few minutes out of his day to shed some light on the great things they do and how you and I as consumers can help and make sure small businesses, not just Scuppernog, but including them, stick around and keep our communities strong. This is NC Travel Chat, and I'm your host, Carl Hedinger. And uh, how long has Scuppernong been around? We're just about eight years now. Eight years. And you're right there in downtown Greensboro. Yeah, yeah right, right in the heart of downtown Greensboro. Um, I think we're sort of looked at as a anchor of our of our downtown retail situation, you know, which is, uh, you know, a little precarious at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, we're getting through this COVID nightmare. Okay, you know, um, but I can't say the same for everyone around me, you know. Yeah, and uh, it's just awful. I'm very i'm i'm grateful to hear that it's going well for you i, I hope it picks up for everyone else i wouldn't um, overstate that well <laughs> we're getting yeah, through, yeah. relatively yeah. i guess yes. would be, right yeah. uh are you originally from greensboro no i'm from uh, buffalo new york yeah i saw that you had a bookstore up there is that right yeah yeah rust belt books in buffalo yeah is it still, still going there? on yeah, so, you know, a woman who worked there, I just sold it, sold it in air quotes to her when I left. And uh, so she's still got to go. Nice. That's good to hear. Um, so what brought you to Greensboro then? You know, the pet answer is I just follow my wife wherever she goes. And um, so here we are, um, <laughs> which is true, frankly. Um, she's a physician, which, by the way, keeps me very tied into our COVID times and thinking about what the responsible thing to do is as a business. You know, I think we're very much uh, on the side of herd immunity is insanity, you know, and that we're trying to do yeah. all the responsible things that all of us should be doing this time. Anyway, so yeah, she, um, to make a long story shorter, she um, had a service obligation after she finished med school to underserved areas. So we ended up in Eastern North Carolina, a very poor part of America. Uh, and after uh, six or seven years there, we moved to Greensboro, which feels like an oasis. I love Greensboro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I live in Durham, and being able to you know hop over to Greensboro is really cool. It's they're they're two cities that are so close to each other, but they also have very very different uh, just looks to them. Whenever yes. you get yeah. into the downtowns, yeah, and I agree. And some of that is about maintaining uh, uh, whatever history is here, right? You know. Like, I think, um, if you'll pardon, you know, Charlotte is problematic for me because I can't find it. 
I can't find its, you know, its, its history, its oldness, you know, and then like yeah. Durham, you can, <laughs> Greensboro, you can. Yeah, what I like about Greensboro, especially on Elm Street, is you do have some of those old buildings still there. Yeah, our uh, building was uh, 1898. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, yeah. Right now, can people go into your store and buy books? Yeah, yeah, we've uh, gone from appointments recently to uh, very controlled browsing. You know, we control the numbers in the store, but we do let, in fact, people come on in. Largely because we feel like masking is, you know, a, a realistic safety measure. You know, as we learn more and more, you know, we're obviously we're completely adamant about you must wear a mask to come in here. So I think we largely feel that, uh, you know, keeping social distance and keeping the numbers low, we can we can safely do that. When somebody walks into your store, I love browsing for books personally. Uh, I think bookstores are probably the greatest places on the earth. Uh, what can a person expect when stepping into your store? Yeah, well, I think that's the thing Scarpernong and, and frankly, all independent bookstores do is provide you a unique browsing experience, right? What we try to do is have books that you're not going to see in other places, to be uh, offering things that make you go, wow, I didn't know that exists, right? To engage in this uh, conversation that, um, yeah, I don't know, that um, enlightens, <laughs> that uh, informs, encourages. You know, I think that's, that's a role for a bookstore in a downtown, right? To be the center of ideas, the center of um, engagement. So, yeah, that's, that's browsing at its, at its highest, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And you also have more than books, though, too, right? Well, yeah, Carl. We, used, we certainly used to. <laughs> you know, we have a wine flower uh, coffee shop in the store but the only thing we're doing right now is really coffee to go you know oh, gotcha. we, don't, we don't do anything in the store therefore our, our wine and beer we don't sell anymore we haven't in six seven months we did have a food component which we don't do anymore either we don't do events anymore which was you know we did two three hundred events a year it was insane you know oh. how busy we were on that level so when i say we're doing okay it's understood that we're missing this whole piece of what made us kind of unique. Um, luckily, we had seven and a half years to build this community that has followed us along, you know, but um, yeah, it's a huge loss to, to what we were. I'm really sorry to hear about all that stuff that's had to go away. Um, are there any positives to take out of this, like ways that you've pivoted that have, you know, led sure. to some successful things? Yeah, yeah, Carl, definitely. Like, for instance, we now have, uh, you know, an active and successful um, online sales platform, right? I mean, we always had a website. We always could order books, but now people do. And yeah. now, uh, you know, we've learned how to be great shipping clerks. You know, there's a whole new skill set we've added to our repertoire. Um, and I think that will continue on, you know, no matter what else happens. We, we have created this other um, platform that will that will be useful to us from, from now forward. Um, obviously, we're doing all the Zoom and virtual events. And I think we'll just add that into when we do in-store events again, I think we'll just add a Zoom component to those events. You know, we don't need to uh, limit ourselves to just in-person events anymore. And I think those are all things we've all learned. You know, I think in probably all fields, there are things we should take away from this that have been actually very useful. So speaking of those events, I guess you would plan on in the future going forward with things like Greensboro Bound? Yeah, Greensboro Bound is, um, 
is our book festival, right? It, it started out as Pepperdine, but it's a separate nonprofit. But, you know, we're the official bookseller for that. And so they're very tied together, of course. And we're struggling right now with a May festival. Like, how will we do that? And, we're, you know, it will be virtual one way or another. And we're looking at other examples, like the National Book Festival did a great virtual festival. The Miami Book Fair comes up um, in a couple of weeks. And I was just looking at their schedule of, of virtual events, which is exciting. Yeah. So we will, we'll, we'll, we will find a way to do it virtually. Um, the tricky part, Carl, you probably know, is selling books virtually is, is tough. <laughs> that's, that's a harder sale. But I mean, as far as your online platform goes, how, I guess, um, ballpark, like if somebody were to place an order on your website, how quickly can you get it to them? Yeah, well, if it's in store, um, it'll, you know, we'll send it out that day. You know, right. and so if you're ordering in Greensboro and you want us to ship it to you, it'll be there within two days often, mm-hmm. you know. If we have to get the book in, so then you're adding a couple days on that end. So typically within a week, nevertheless, right? And people are very patient and, and just have been, you know, obviously we screw that up sometimes. And it's amazing how gentle people are with us, you know, when we do make those mistakes. Um, but, but I also think that's earned over time too, you know, that everyone knows we're working hard, you know, to keep this going for everyone. So, you know, book buyers are good people. Yeah, I'd hope so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't say the same for booksellers. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I tested it out. Um, Cause where I'm in Durham, I buy from regulator on ninth street here. Yeah. And uh, I think they got it. They didn't have the book in store. So it took about a week total yeah. and I was able to go get it, which I think yeah. that's pretty cool to hold, you know, doing curbside or they'll come yeah. in. Door. And we still do curbside. Generally people just drop in and, and snag it, you know, but we're, we're happy to do curbside still. Do you have spots uh, set aside on Elm street there? We don't have a designated spots any longer. We did early on, okay. but that, that's moved on. And piggyback on that previous conversation about, you know, all this is dependent on the U.S. Post Office, of course, and its, and its abilities and capabilities and um, decisions. So we've been very active um, in trying to uh, encourage the uh, continued existence of the post office. Do you uh, do you promote that on your Facebook page or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we've we've been very uh, vocal about that. You mentioned you know events coming up in uh, for next year, and then also some virtual events that you're following. Do you have anything special planned for this year for the holidays? Um, you know, the holidays are very um, problematic in the book world right now, as you might know, Carl. Um, there's much concern that books will not be able to be printed at the uh, pace necessary to keep up with orders. Largely this is because when the pandemic hit, all the publishers pushed their their releases back to the fall. You know, they says, okay, we're not going to do this to our authors. We're just going to push it back till the fall thinking, oh, surely there won't be (laughs) this pandemic still going on then. Um, But what has happened is the printers can't keep up with that demand. Printing has always operated pretty much at capacity anyway. So it's looking like, especially when we start looking at the reprints of very popular books, that it may become quite difficult to get those. Um, I mean, we'll see how it really plays out. But there's been a big push in the publishing world to think of uh, Christmas in October, right? Like, order your books now so we can be sure to have them there for the holidays. Um, That's very disconcerting on our level. Because if people don't get their books, people will think, 
you know, it's it's our fault, right? Um, as they should, right? Because that's our job. Um, yeah. So we're we're concerned about that for the for the holidays for sure. Well, I hope I hope uh, you know the printers are able to keep up. So I guess going into um, you know the events that you have coming up, and we've talked about where can people typically like where's the best place to find you online if people want to uh, keep up. Oh yeah, you know scupperdongbooks.com is our is our website, um, and that's the place to go. We've, we're really trying to ratchet up our newsletter. We've been putting it out uh, weekly now, um, largely because we're we're kind of turning away from Facebook um, for various reasons. Hmm. One of them is just uh, exhaustion <laughs> with what it means to go on Facebook, you know, and you know, a sort of um, uh, kind of appalled by what it means to be on Facebook too, right? So we're trying to shift away from that as the way people find out about events and trying to more proactively send out emails and get our email list robust. So that's tricky though. You know, we're staying on uh, Instagram for now and Twitter, but even those decisions are, you know, somewhat up in the air. Um, so yeah, how do you find out about us? It's definitely scupperdongbooks.com, our websites. I mean, you, you can just search Scupperdong and we're there. I mean, you'll find out a lot about grapes first, I suppose. But after that, <laughs> I think we're the next up. <clears throat> Are you a fan of uh, Scuppernongs? Um, not the wine, no. No. The wine. They, they're very nice if you taste them right off the vine. Oh, yeah, they're delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was in eastern North Carolina for a bunch of years. so Ah, uh, yeah. And I guess uh, to subscribe to your list, would it be uh, like scuppernongbooks.com forward slash subscribe? Yes. And your newsletter, it's called Renard and Raisin, right? Yes. What, what's the, um, what, where does that name come from? Oh, that's a uh, fox and grape in French. Ah. Uh, and, um, you know, fox, the reason uh, a fox is so tied to the store is, um, we're uh, playing off of Aesop's fable of the sour grapes, you know, where the fox is longing for these beautiful grapes. Let's imagine they're scuppernongs and, um, and can't get them. So he decides in a twist of mind that, oh, they must be terrible if I can't get them. So, <laughs> so foxes become our sort of um, steady kind of mascot. So we'll, we'll shift over away from the business and things like that, if that's yeah. okay. Sure, uh, yeah. When you're not in Greensboro, is there a part of North Carolina that you love visiting? Um, yeah, you know, quite a lot, actually. You know, as a um, outsider, if you will, I think um, my sense of discovery in North Carolina is great. You know, that there's so much that I feel that I still don't know that I'm just really happy to explore. I love, you know, the Outer Banks in winter. You know, that's to me I, I, just amazing. You know, you have this all to yourself and just the beauty of it is just remarkable um and the isolation feels good um not such a fan of the outer banks in the summer but you know <laughs> um yeah you know, and then you know this easy access to the mountains i love hiking you know so i'm often um up in either the Asheville area open around those mountains um i'm an amateur herpetologist so i'm always looking under tin and wood <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know so I, you know, North Carolina is kind of overstated, but man, there's there's so much different, you know, biofauna and bioflora to look at and to explore. It's, you know, kind of a remarkable. I'm quite charmed with that aspect of my life here. 
is there anything else before I let you go? I know you got a lot going on today. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell people before, before we let you go? Oh boy. I don't know, Carl. What can I say that, um, like <laughs> there's a travel site and book, you know, obviously it was great when people would come from all over the city to, or all over the state to find our store, you know, you know, to sort of discover Greensboro and discover this, you, you so often people walk in the door and say, wow, I didn't know this existed, you know, and that's, um, that moment is very satisfying, right? Um, I, you know, some people would walk in and say, oh, it feels like I'm in Brooklyn or something crazy like that, right? Um, really? I, so, boy, we miss that. And, um, and hopefully um, those days will become back, and, you know, and especially for what you do, I guess we all hope for that. I don't know. I think feeling so tied to Greensboro, feeling like we're such an important piece of what, what is offered in downtown, I just worry that, um, you know, how we get through this next year. It's another year of this, man. And how, how we can sustain uh, um, vibrant, exciting downtowns that, that support communities. Um, so resisting Amazon is one way. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, I think, I think people are afraid to say that. So you can say it louder if you want. Resist, yeah, yeah. Amazon. <laughs> resist, <laughs> resist. <clears throat> you know, uh, Carl, this amazing thing happened with the American Booksellers Association. Um, you know, the big overarching um, um, lobby group, I guess, or, you know, the, the, um, this big national support system for independent bookstores came out with an, a huge anti-Amazon campaign, <clears throat> which is remarkable hmm. because for years we would go to national meetings and everyone would say, well, listen, it's an antitrust issue. We can't talk about Amazon. We know the issues, but that we hmm. can't talk about that. Really? So now this pivot to being adamantly in opposition to Amazon and encouraging bookstores to, in fact, be adamantly opposed to Amazon is an important shift, and um, and we embrace it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, uh, you said it before I was going to say it. I actually had it written down. Thank you so much for being an important piece of Greensboro's downtown. Uh, we, we're really going to work our hardest to continue promoting downtowns like yours and bookstores and all the local retailers who deserve love from everybody every day not just this year um so yeah. really thank you for what you do and i hope you know we can come back in your store really soon and maybe grab some yeah, wine I, wouldn't that be nice man? Yeah. That be... <laughs> but thank you, right, and, uh, Carl, thank you again a big thank you to brian for joining me i really don't want to judge you for how you purchase things i understand the convenience of online shopping at certain places especially in 2020 but many businesses in your area, if not all of them, are likely doing online ordering, curbside, contactless pickup, etc., etc. Just think about that as you do your holiday shopping. That's all I ask. And if you'd like some inspiration about shopping small, there's a great article on our site called Why and How to Support Amazing Local Businesses Every Day. I know that's a mouthful, but we feel really strongly about small businesses. I wrote it at the beginning of the pandemic and think it holds true today. Also, if you have a favorite local business in North Carolina that we should know about, please let us know by email at carl at nctripping.com. We'd love to hear more about it and even spread the word. Thank you again for listening to NC Travel Chat. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review and some kind words, and don't forget to subscribe. 
Until the next episode, I'm hoping that we get things a little bit more regularly scheduled again. Uh, Time and lots of chaos got the better of me at putting out more episodes, but I hope to change that in the near future going forward. Until the next episode, we hope you're able to get out there and see something awesome in North Carolina, albeit safely. Take care.